Good morning, everyone. I hope we're all having a great day today. This week's story comes to us from Thomas. Now, Thomas says that he found an old diary, which he found in an old cabin on accident. Now, he thought it was a cookbook, but nevertheless, he had it, so he just read it. And he's here with me today to tell us a little bit about how life was like in 1850s. So, let's just hear a quick word from our sponsor, and we'll jump right into it. I agree. I grew up in a small town in the south, a small and old town. It was the type of town where everybody knew everybody, and because it was such an old town, there were a lot of historical landmarks. It wasn't really uncommon to be walking in the woods and come across an old wooden church, or to be walking in another set of woods and randomly find a headstone. So it didn't really come as a shock to me when I saw an old cabin off the side of a major road in my town. Now there aren't really many freeways, there's a 55 north and south, but that's about it. So this particular road would take cars over to an intersection that would eventually branch off. So I guess in a way it was almost like a freeway. The cabin was on a field of messy grass, with the cabin being smack dab in the middle. And I remember when my mom used to drive me to school in the mornings when I was a kid, I'd always see the cabin and wonder about it. As I was growing up, I would always pass by the cabin. I always wondered about it. I would wonder who used to live there. Or I would wonder about what the story behind it is. I would ask my parents, but none of them really knew anything about it. And as I got older, I would pass by it more and more. Especially now that I drive my own car, and my work drive includes passing the cabin. One day my curiosity got the best of me though. I was determined to check it out. I got off work one night and went home to do some homework on the cabin. I looked up the owners of it, and all I could find were just old newspapers from the 1950s. Said that the town cleaned up the area by chopping down all the trees, and how they were going to clear the area to build a mall or something, but after finding the cabin, they had to consider the site a historical landmark. While that cabin was considered a historical landmark, it wasn't because the town necessarily wanted to keep refurbishing it. It was only a historical landmark because it's been around for so long. Newspaper articles talked about a farm of some sort in the 1850s. But aside from that, that's about it. There wasn't a lot to really go on. I knew I couldn't just drive up and park my car and head inside. This was still considered private property, plus there really isn't anything to park next to. It's just a street that's just road, that's it. So I drove around a few nights and I checked the traffic at 12 in the morning as well as looking for a place to park. After doing my homework, I was ready to check this place out. I got home one night and got dressed. I wanted to make sure to wear all black, just in case anybody was driving on the freeway, they wouldn't see me. I was getting things ready on my bed. I had my phone as my flashlight. I had construction gloves, just in case the wood of the house was splintering. I wanted to make sure that I didn't need a tetanus shot. But I couldn't find my red crowbar. It's about a six inch crowbar with black tips. So I walked around a little bit and eventually found it. I shoved it in my pants. It wasn't painful. 
I just kind of shoved it in my pants with the part that hangs over hanging off my pants. I walked around a little bit to see if it was comfortable and eventually gave myself the green light. After that, I walked out of my apartment and headed straight to my car. I sat in my car but tried pulling the crowbar out and that's when I found out that you should really do that first. If you're going to try to sneak in somewhere and you've got a 6 inch red with black tip crowbar in your pants and you get in your car, I suggest you take it out first before you get in the car. It was really painful. No one was even around to see me pull it out. Anyway, I started my car and began my drive. I had to park a mile away at a 24-hour laundromat next to a 24-hour convenience store with a clerk in the window waving at me hoping I'd come in. As I got out, I just looked around and I quickly stuffed the crowbar back into my pants again. I began my walk over to the cabin. The closer I got to the cabin, the less street lights I started seeing. So eventually I pulled out my phone and I just let the home screen kind of illuminate my feet a little bit. But as it got closer, I would eventually have to turn on the actual flashlight part of it. So I tried to kind of run in a sneaky way, if you can do that, to the cabin. I got there and took my crowbar out. Um, but um, before I even damaged property, I just wanted to see if by chance it was unlocked. You never know with these things. So I grabbed the handle and sure enough, it was open. I thought that the door would be harder to open, but in all actuality, it was really easy. I shined the light inside the cabin and just looked around. There was an old wooden table with some wooden chairs, a fireplace with some pots and kitchen tools, a little kitchen counter area, and just essentials that you would find in a wooden cabin. I stepped inside and heard the floors creak. Jeez, this is dusty, I said. I mean, I guess it's gonna be dusty. No one's been in 100 years, but still. I walked over to the table and saw that there were three regular chairs and a baby chair set up. I walked around and saw some of the farming equipment in the corner of the other side of the front door. I then walked on over to the kitchen area and saw a number of used and dusty books. I pulled one out and randomly flipped to a page. It was an old cookbook. The first page I came to, I was just looking at the writing on it. It was all handwritten, which I thought was really nice. It was a recipe to some old apple pie. I put the book back and grabbed another. and. That too was a cookbook. This one had a recipe on how to make great salted pork. I put that one away and pulled out another, and it was a recipe for how to make gingerbread. I put that one away, and then I saw a nice red bound book. I pulled that one out, and it was just a fairly small book. But honestly, something was giving me the creeps. So. I kind of wanted to just get out of there fast. So I just kind of put the book in my jacket pocket and continued walking. I walked on over to one of the windows in the back and I saw this really big open field through one of the broken windows. 
It looked like the field was filled with a bunch of random plants and just a bunch of weeds. That's not creepy at all, I said to myself. I'll check it out, but I want to finish the cabin first, I told myself. I turned around and continued walking around the cabin. I saw a ladder. I hesitated to climb it for a moment, but curiosity, right? I made my way up after inspecting it and going slowly, but it wasn't really that high of a ladder either, so if I fell, I'd probably still land on my feet and be okay. I got up the ladder, but I didn't want to take a risk and step on the floor. If I fell from there, I didn't want to get cut and also probably hurt myself, so I just kind of shined my light, and it looked like it was an old bedroom. There wasn't really anything to it. I couldn't really see too much, and all there really seemed to be was just some beds and some nightstands, and while I wanted to look inside, again, I didn't really trust the floor. So I climbed down and made my way to the back of the cabin outside. I saw an old tool shed with one of the doors missing. I just glanced on over an axe, uh, a shovel, some flowers, and stuff like that. I looked around and saw that this field really went on. Although there was a forest way in the back. I remember when I was a kid, I would explore different forests with some friends trying to find this exact area but could never find it. I was done with this, and I turned around, but I saw a man looking at me in the window. He had red hair, his neck was really long, and he had a really weird looking nose. I blinked and he was gone. Just the darkness playing tricks on me. I'm getting out of here, I told myself. I was ready to walk back to my car, and as I left, I didn't want to go through the cabin again, so I just kind of went around it. But I had my back face in the cabin as I was still walking away. I turned around and saw a silhouette of a man with a long neck standing outside the doorframe of the cabin. He put his hand on the doorframe as if he's about to step out, and I just started booking it. I ran as fast as I could. I got home, and I was shaken, obviously. I didn't know what that thing was in the doorway, but it scared the out of me. I was just glad to be back in my apartment. It was 2 in the morning, but I wasn't really tired. I knew I didn't have to be at work the next day, so I stayed up a little bit and read some of the book. It turned out that it wasn't a cookbook, but instead it was a little girl's diary. Her name was Bethany Turner, and she was 13 years old in 1856. For the most part, it was a normal diary. Bethany and her family moved to where we in January 3rd, 1855. Uh, they wanted to start a new farm. They moved over from three towns over. Apparently the price for land in Wherry at the time was $10 an acre. So Bethany's dad bought four acres and wanted to start his own farm business. Also I didn't know this, but the land was supposedly covered in trees and rivers. 
Bethany talked about her everyday life in the diary, how she missed her friends from her old town, and how she was excited for her dad to start his farm, since he promised her a big dollhouse for her dolls. It was Bethany, her mom, her dad, and her baby brother, William. Here's a diary entry from February 16th. Today, father has come home with many meats from the town's butcher. Mother and I salted them and put them in a barrel. We had planned to make rabbit stew tonight. Father knows it's my favorite. He says we'll be eating like President Franklin in the White House today. Even baby William is excited for the stew as he's been smiling and laughing all day. His eyes sparkle as if something caught his amusement. They sat around the table that night eating the rabbit stew and eating some homemade bread. Mother, father, Bethany said. I was thinking, I know I haven't been able to do much exploring around the house. I really want Bethany, to Bethany, my daughter, her dad interrupted. We've talked about this. We don't know the land very well, and I myself haven't been able to do much exploration besides going out for wood and supplies. Abraham, I think it's about time to let Bethany explore, her mom said. She is a child, and is that not what children do? Absolutely not, he said. We don't know what dangers are around the corner. Bears, wild dogs, fey, and spirits of those who lost wars of old. I think you're being a bit paranoid, Abraham, Bethany's mom replied. I am absolutely not being paranoid. I've heard of talk of the rise in Utah, people going to war. Wars are all around us. Natives and settlers going to war at every point. It's just not safe out there for a young girl, he snarled. Father, please, Bethany begged. I won't go far. I miss my life from the old town. I miss my friends and our family trails. I wish to explore, but I feel trapped like a bird in a cage in this home, Father. <sighs> my beautiful daughter, does this really mean that much to you? Her father asked as she nods her head. Okay. You're allowed to go out tomorrow, only after you're done with your chores. You must be home by dusk, though, understood? Father, thank you, she said. You handsome, strong man, thank you. I'll be home by dusk, and I'll clean the table before and after dinner for the rest of the week, Father. So she talks about how the next day came, and her and her mom were in the yard, harvesting wheat to make bread later on. Mother, Bethany said, do you think I could take off early today to go take William and play? Bethany, my dear, her mother said, you heard your father. After your chores are done, you can go play with your brother. I, I need you to prepare today's dinner. Mother, do you wish for me to become an old hag of a witch? Bethany said as she flipped her hair over her face and walked towards her mom, the creepy old woman. I can work all my days and find no joy to keep my heart from turning to stone, Bethany continued. Bethany, you stop this instant, her mother replied. Do not play with the idea of witches. You know that terrifies me. Mother, you've never even seen a witch before, Bethany said. That I have, girl, her mother replied. She had come to me in a flock of crows and stormed me. It was the scariest experience of my life, her mother said. Mother, are you sure you just didn't leave a piece of bread in your pocket on accident? Go play, my daughter. You've upset me. Go play and have your fun, but be prepared to come home early to help me prepare dinner. Do you understand me? Mother, are you sure? 
I don't wish to go against you, so I will do as you wish, mother. And yes, I'll be home early. Thank you. Okay, bye. She said as she ran off. Now, Bethany talks about how she took her baby brother, William, and took him into the woods. She was just walking around and talking to him, and then she came across a river. She sat down on an old log and put little William on a circular patch of grass. She then started picking dandelions and making a dandelion crown for him. Now, Bethany doesn't really talk about too much in general here. She just says that she was just watching baby William while making her dandelion crown. She was talking about how she missed her friends and wanted to see them again. She talked about how she would work on her dandelion crown while occasionally looking up at William. As she was working on her crown, she looked up and didn't see him. She talks about how she shouted for him and looked all around, but she couldn't find him. She even mentioned how her mom and dad were right about being scared of the areas. Before she could go home, she heard William crying in the corner. She ran on over to him, and she talks about how he was exactly where she left him. She didn't really have an explanation for it, but just kind of summed it up to he crawled away. She ran home with William and told herself that she wasn't going to tell her parents. That night, the family was sitting around the dinner table, and they were, I guess, just waiting for Bethany to talk about her day. <clears throat> so, daughter, her father says, tell me, how was playing outside? Hmm? Oh, um, it was very nice, father. Uh, nothing to talk about, though. Nothing to talk about, her mom interjected. After you almost scared your mother half to death to go play out there, there's nothing you wish to talk about? Um, I made a crown for William using dandelions, but um, I dropped it on my way home, she said. Well, I suppose that tomorrow, after chores, you'll just have to go and find it or make a new one, her mom said. I don't think so. It's just some stupid forest. I don't really want to explore it again. Can you believe this, Abraham? Her mother says. Our daughter puts a knife to our throats to go play and wants nothing to do with it. I swear, both you and your brother have just been acting strange ever since you've gotten back. And it's crazy that her mom says this because even Bethany says that how William looked kind of different. He was just staring out into space, wasn't blinking and... She even describes him as usually being a joyful soul, but he just became recluse and quiet after the forest. She even mentions that her mother looked at William and made a remark about his button nose, and that how William never really had such a button nose. After that, they all went to bed, and Bethany describes how she woke up with her mom holding her mouth and how her mom was telling Bethany to be quiet, that somebody was in the house. Bethany, Bethany could hear the sounds of footsteps and loud bangings coming from below. She saw her dad as he got his woodcutter's axe and went down the ladder. This is my home. I live here with my daughter, my child, and my wife. Show yourself and leave. 
Bethany's dad is heard screaming as loud. Bethany's mother runs down the ladder and consoles her father. After a short while, both Bethany's parents came up the ladder. Her father was limping. Father, are you okay? What was that? She asked. <clears throat> Nothing to worry about, my dear. Sleep and pay it no mind. It was a mighty draft is all. Caught me off guard and it did. Uh, nothing to be concerned about, he said. Bethany talked about how for the past few days, subtle but weird things have been happening. For example, her mother talked about how she kept seeing shadow figures in the corner of her eyes, or how her dad came across a mutilated bear not too far from the house on his way to the market. She talks about how she's been trying to talk to William, trying to get him to play, trying to get him to laugh, but he's unresponsive. She feels like something's wrong with William, but she feels like she can't really tell anybody either. Bethany was feeding baby William some stew broth, and he was just staring forward, not even noticing her. William, Bethany asks, you've been acting different ever since you went missing for that moment. You don't notice me, and when I play peekaboo with you, you don't even react. Are we not your family, baby William? What will happen when you're older? Will you continue to ignore your family? Bethany talks about how William started to react to things, look around, and started laughing. Right before... What, what's happening? Please stop. Bethany cried. Please stop. She just kept repeating over and over again. Bethany's mother comes in. Bethany, my child. What are you doing? I can hear you from the backyard. What it was you? She asks. Mother, you didn't hear that? You didn't hear those sounds? Bethany terrifyingly asks. No, my daughter. What do you speak of? She replied. It's William. Something evil has taken over him, Bethany says. Bethany Turner, don't you dare bring up the occult again. Not in this house, her mother replies. It's true, mother. When William and I went out to the forest, he went missing. I looked for him, but couldn't find him. I searched for him, but to no avail. I found him in a patch of grass that I had left him in. Something had snatched him and made his soul their home, mother. Bethany talks about how she fell to the floor and started crying in front of her mother. Her mother got down to console her. My daughter, I love you, and I need you to not play pranks on me. Is what you say true? Her mother asks. Yes, mother, it is, I swear, Bethany replied. Okay, calm, my child. Quiet and calm. If you speak the truth, then we dare not tell your father just yet. I've heard of a medicine woman of old. speak of an old traditional medicine people who can tell the difference between man and monsters. I pray it not be true. I pray that nothing has happened to my dear sweet baby. I pray that nothing has entered his soul. We will go this upcoming weekend when your father is out for the whole day and we'll take William. Understood? I will get in touch with my dear friend of mine. I have gone very close with her ever since we moved here. Her name is Maggie. She has a cart and can take us. In the meantime, we will cleanse this home with mugwort. I will put salt around this home, her mother replied. Bethany goes on to talk about how the rest of the week was just complete hell for her. 
Her mom cried the rest of the day and just locked herself in the room. Her dad was left out of the circle and Bethany hated keeping secrets from him. Bethany's mom said that the reason why she was so upset is because she heard news that an old friend from the old town had died. This put Bethany into an extreme guilt and plunged her into depression. For the next few days, Bethany was just depressed. Bethany said that she and her mother saged with mugwort around the house as they put salt around the house as well. She then goes on to say that for a while everything seemed somewhat normal. William was still unresponsive to things around him and only seemed to feed and sleep. Although there were no banging, no animal sounds, although she tells of when they had to take William to the medicine woman. The day came and Bethany and her mom were getting ready to leave with William when suddenly Abraham came home. Bethany describes how her and her mother were shocked to see him. Abraham, my sweet, Bethany's mom said, what are you doing home? Surely you're needed to speak with Mr. Winkler about buying some livestock. I guess I was going to do that, he said, but I got horrid news and I had to tell you immediately. What is it? she asked. Martha, your friend Maggie, it, it appears that her home has caught fire tragically. It's fallen over and everybody in her family were burnt alive. I'm so sorry, my sweet. Bethany and her mom were in shock as her mom's eyes started to well up. She, she's, she's dead? she asked yes my dear I'm I'm so sorry Bethany's dad replied Bethany's mom began to scream and cry and both Bethany and her father tried to console her but then we heard it again it's that demon in your son Bethany's mom said what do you speak of her dad replied it's a fae, or an evil one, or a demon who worked its way into our son, she replied. Martha stomped on over to the kitchen and grabbed some salt. While her, while Bethany and her father tried to calm her mother down. I will show you the true face of what holds our son. No evil can resist salt. I speak to you, demon or fae, whichever you are, to show yourself. Show yourself and be banished. Before Bethany's mother could put salt on William, we started hearing it again. That's where she left off at. Nothing else was written in her diary after that. Her last entry was August 4th, 1856. After that, however, there is a bit of writing. It says, Young William has been such a good boy lately. He's a beautiful child with his beautiful red hair and his button nose and his long neck. He has eaten the meats that mother and I have provided for him. Although the writing doesn't match 
Bethany's handwriting. I don't think Bethany wrote that. 